I think we're all set and ready to start. Cool. Kelly, thanks a lot for mm-hmm. coming in for this uh, second episode of The Cyclist of Chicago. Um, well, yeah, we'll see. It, it all depends on how I'm going to kind of organize this yeah. once I, 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 I upload them. But uh, it will be in one of the first episodes. Oh, nice. and a, fo- a founding episode. A founding yes. episode, Good. yes, fortunately. Um, we'll see where it goes. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I think uh, in the spirit of what Cyclists of Chicago is, uh, I met you through cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly uh, in one of the DV events that you put together before you were a part of DV. And, uh, and yeah, so you are kind of one of those cyclists of Chicago that I've met along the way. And now I'm returning the favor because, and you know, we met by you doing us a favor at Divi coming into chat. Um, so I'm excited to, you know, be on the other side of the table this time. Yes. And I really appreciate that. So without this, further this ado. Beer. So yes. that's the benefit. Cheers again. Um, I think without further ado, um, to everybody out there listening, you are Kelly, and your last name Goldthrub. Is that yep, how you Kelly pronounce Goldthorp. it? Goldthrub. Um, you work for DV, but first and foremost, you are uh, at least now a cycling mm-hmm. enthusiast. And can you introduce yourself for everybody listening? So uh, my name is Kelly Goldthorpe. I am director of marketing and writer experience with Divi by day. Um, but like you said, I'm a cyclist. I've been writing for about four years now. Haven't always been a writer, but went from um, intimidated to about biking to now working with biking, promoting it. So life's a journey and I'm really excited about where I am now. Yeah. And it hasn't been that long, has it? Um, since you arrived, well, since we met, you hadn't been... In, in Chicago or was it so I've been with DV since September um, and so we'd met just shortly before there I was doing some freelance work with them but I've only right. been in Chicago about two and a half years um, oh, wow. previous to that I was in Madison Wisconsin for business school oh okay so you did oh n- interesting I didn't know that an MBA was that uh-huh so I did my MBA up in Madison and that's where I got into biking so while getting my MBA um, naturally I decided to try an Ironman uh, naturally, those things go hand in hand. Um, wow. I was like, I'm not busy enough. I'll do an Ironman. Yes, that's a two uh, big undertakings right there. Yeah. Part of an Ironman is 100 miles or more of biking. Um, and so I hadn't really been a biker before that time. Uh, that got me into biking. I mean, if you're doing 100-mile rides, you will inevitably enjoy biking. Or hated by yep. the end of it, but <laughs> that's fair enough. So um, you uh, – th- okay, so – Back then, you were doing business school. So before business school, was it was that a, a full time MBA program or was that a part time? It was a full time MBA program. So went there to um, think about marketing, marketing research, uh, which really fuels what I do today at Divi. Um, getting to better understand what people want, what people need, um, what makes them enjoy experiences. So this is what I focus on during the MBA program. Prior to that, were you in anything related to marketing or cycling at all? Nope. I drove a giant hot dog. Uh, so right before business school, I drove the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. So I didn't work a ton before business school. Uh, really, it was just one year driving a hot dog uh, across America. So making a lot of hot dog jokes. National news was on the Weather Channel. Spent a lot of time in Walmart parking lots. Kind of the whole gamut of things. So if you have biking on one end, giant hot dog, that was my first mobility job, if you can say that. Interesting. So... 
that that job the the giant hot dog kind of driver is that, that that's what you were right we like to say hot dogger that's the official hot title dogger. but yes giant hot dog driver is but, so the that, same <laughs> that entails more than just driving around that truck are yeah. you out there and being the face of oscar meyer is that it yeah exactly so there's like one long drive day a week um and I used to prank the like new Northwest team when they joined. I was like, oh yeah, the Northwest Divi, you know, they're really hip. Or the Northwest um, Wienermobile, they're really hip. They put bikes in the back of the giant hot dog, which like the new girl did believe. Um, and she was certainly disappointed when she got to Seattle and there was no bike in the back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for that whole year, we would drive around the country. We do parades, fairs, festivals, Walmart parking lots. We never handed out hot dogs, um, but plenty of wiener whistles to go with so but something something tells me you enjoyed this this was a maybe a people kind of a job <laughs> you will never be more popular than driving a giant hot dog so i was like whoa suddenly i'm the cool kid on the block like everybody wants to come talk to me sure. even though it's 10 o'clock at night <laughs> and i'm just trying to go to my hotel uh but it was just really fun i mean it was like a whole job of making people smile and just like wowing them and surprising them and it was just such a good time so then when you wow. stop driving the wienermobile and you're like i remember i had a rental car i'm getting gas and i'm like why isn't anybody talking to me like do you know who i am like why am i so you know unpopular now it was kind of a readjustment period when suddenly you weren't cool anymore <laughs> so now i'm curious i, I did an mba myself and one mm -hmm. of the big things was uh once you got into the program and you wanted to maybe change careers, yeah. it was a big thing to kind of figure out your story of how you will leverage <laughs> or, or how some of the skills that you had prior to uh, getting on the MBA uh, are now like translatable into this new kind of role. Yeah. And I know you do marketing consulting, or at least that's what you did before uh -huh. Divi. How, is there anything particular that you were like, oh, this is a, a skill oh. I got? It's, a, it's a tough truck. story to tell, right? Like, oh, I drove a giant sure. hot dog for one year. Um, and now, please, let me help you with brand transformation. Uh, I remember one interviewer specifically said, how does you know driving the Wienermobile make you a better market researcher? And what I told him and what I'll tell you is it, uh, you can talk to anybody. After you drive the Wienermobile for a year, you can literally talk to, relate to, empathize with just about anyone because you will meet people on the best day of their lives, um, you know, pulling up in a Ferrari, just living the dream. And then you will meet people who said it was the best thing to happen to them all year on kind of the darkest days of their lives. So it was this like, and you will meet people of every walk of life, socioeconomic status, literally everything. So in that way, it really did prepare me for marketing and marketing research because you learn a lot about different people on the road. So was that uh, something that you stumbled upon or, or was it just supposed to be like a temporary job or you were like... So it was actually very coveted. Um, I had to sell my dad on that because uh, I postponed grad school actually. I postponed a full ride to a different grad school to drive the Wienermobile. My dad was furious. He's like, you're going to run a hot dog stand? And I was like, dad, it's more competitive to get into than Harvard, statistically. Um, so like 1,500 people apply for 12 positions. There's six Wienermobiles around the country. Um, and so I was one of the lucky dogs who cut the mustard. Um, and I had heard about it through undergrad. Uh, it just always sounded like something fun. Like, do you have an appetite for adventure, a taste for traveling? Um, are you outgoing and enthusiastic? And yes, yes, yes. Uh, do you love hot dog puns? Definitely. I eat them up. Um, so that's kind of what turned me on to that. So, I think the, in, well, yeah, no, and you saying this now that I've become a father, um, certainly my daughter's five months old, but if I think about it and I'm like, 
what if she wants to drive the, the Oscar <laughs> Mayer mobile like when when she's I don't know uh, 22 or whatever that's that doesn't sound interesting at first but yeah. it's good to I think that th that's one of the interesting things about doing this right you mm -hmm. get to meet people with different perspectives and one tends to think that kind of the way you've done you've gone about life is kind of the way mm -hmm. that it should be but then if you look back or you try to explain to somebody how you did things you're like ah, I stumbled on a lot of things and some of them I didn't know yeah. I would grow a lot from but I think the okay so one thing that we haven't mentioned a lot is actually cycling. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that a big part of your, such a big part of your life before, uh, maybe business school or even during business school. Was that yeah, it? Yeah, no, I, I was not a cyclist. I was a runner, marathons, marathons, marathons. And then I had a bunch of women who had done a triathlon. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I'm ready for the next adventure. So my dad um, assembled a Huffy bicycle from Walmart, which we later discovered he assembled wrong, but I did my first triathlon. It was a sprint triathlon on a Huffy bike. And that was um, as much fun as the first triathlon can be. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know that it's a Huffy from Walmart. You're like, you don't really even understand what that means and that it's super entry level. So I went from that to then just basically leaping in to signing up for Ironman while I was in um, business school. And so that was, I mean, if you've been to Wisconsin, it's like these gorgeous field roads, you're like out in the country, it's amazing. And so that was the type of cycling that I got used to. And I managed to do an entire triathlon training plan, uh, complete a triathlon, an Ironman, and have never bike commuted to school. <laughs> I like never even biked to school. I was so scared, even in Madison, Wisconsin, where you know, you have to look every time you make a turn because there's so many bikers. I was too scared to bike to school. And so it was after the Ironman that I had a friend who said, you know, Kelly, let me show you how to do it. He gave me bike lights for my bike. I didn't even have bike lights at that time. He's like, let's just try it. We'll bike downtown. And then ever since then, his name is Jordan. And I, I mean, I thank him for this job. You know, I, I thank him all the time. Like, Jordan, thank you for getting me into biking. Because uh, really, that changed my life. So then, um, and, and this is interesting to me because very different than how I see Viking, uh, biking. I see, I, I think from my perspective, when I was a kid, I used to, like after school or whatever, just start biking around the, the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And even if I got angry with my family or whatever, that's what I would go and mm -hmm. do. And I think till this day, it's kind of that that time for me when there's no rules I can listen to music and mm -hmm. I can just like space out for a bit and just enjoy stuff so when people ask me about like uh, cycling regimens and like exercise and I'm like oh no like that completely ruins it for mm -hmm. me because it, it it stops being that kind of thing for me but maybe the way you started approaching it was more of a, a challenge is that it because mar I, I've realized that people that do marathons a marathon's a lot about completing it. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a yeah. lot about getting through that. And it's a big, big, big undertaking. But I don't think there's people that are that passionate about just stomping the ground for four hours or, or whatever. So was yeah. it the challenge originally? It was like, I want to be a person that can actually do this. I think it was totally that. It was like, I need to prove myself. I'm 22. <laughs> I need to prove myself. And don't get me wrong. I loved it. And like, I love the marathon community. And same with the cycling community. There's just like awesome people that make it fun to do it. Um, I remember this when you are competing in a triathlon, they put the age on your calf and I'm like struggling through the bike. Like I, 
I cannot bike. Um, and I certainly wasn't biking fast. And this 54-year-old woman who was like a little bit heavier set, and I'm in the best shape of my life, is like passing me. I'm just like, you know, if anybody, like anybody can do this. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It's just, it's just like grind. It's just pure grind. But since then, you're completely right. It's totally about completing it. Since doing an Ironman, I've like done nothing competitive since then. I was like, <laughs> I've worked out as much as I need to for the rest of my life. I don't need to do anything else. And it's all just become fun stuff. So now, I mean, like where I am now is totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. If you think about Ironman training and competitive racing, now it's like, oh, let's just go out for a cruise on the 606. And like now with Divi, it's like much more um, accessible. You know, it's not like spandex. Spandex is not part of my life anymore, <laughs> which is I'm, I'm relieved and enjoy a little bit more, too. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's something that I've I've never been uh, interested in in, in, in bicycling. I think it's it's one thing that's it may it, it differentiates those in most cases it differentiates those that are like hardcore and into that kind of mm -hmm. like oh yeah yeah exercise regimens and the let me count my watts and mm -hmm. like yeah. all that good <laughs> yeah. stuff yeah. Um, from those that are more casual riders and I. I'm certainly in that other camp. Um, so I think I've now kind of gotten a better picture of where you were coming from. But we're still in the MBA. Yep. And you were doing marketing consulting. Yep. You were gr about to graduate. Mm -hmm. Were you looking for any specific kind of jobs or, or was it, yeah, anything in yeah, mind? Yeah, I mean... I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, I said, in fact, I never wanted to be a consultant. I like had met one consultant. And I was like, Ooh, oh. that seems intense. Don't want to do that. And then I met two other women who were consultants. And I was like, wow, I want to be like those women. Like that sounds impressive and amazing and interesting and dynamic. And you're always working on different clients. So I also stumbled like a lot of things in my life. Like I think I show up prepared, but then kind of stumble into opportunities and like identify they're the right one and go for them. Um, so I ended up in Chicago by way of marketing consulting. It was my first job out of business school, um, doing brand uh, transformation, kind of growth transformation stuff. Um, the company was called Profit. They're located in the West Loop and kind of a global firm. There's offices from San Francisco to Shanghai. Uh, but that brought me to Chicago where cycling continued to be important. Um, cause it was like, if I had to live my life on the red line, I don't think I could have stayed in Chicago and cycling broke me out of the red line, right? Like it broke me out of the fixed route of Chicago and able to experience it so much more. Interesting. So, um, I think one of the most interesting things about this conversation is that you went from one of the old school types of marketing, which is driving a, 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 an Oscar Mayer truck, which I, even today I'm, I'm surprised to hear that it's still a thing, yeah. to some of the more kind of brand transformations and these kinds mm -hmm. of things with helping. I'm sure that if you went back to Oscar Mayer, you'd tell them, hey, maybe there's a there's another way or um, or there's some of those things that you took away from 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 actually um, how they did things. And I think this also kind of uh, connects to one thing you mentioned earlier, which is that when you were thinking about uh, the people that are consultants, and that's also something that's been surprising to me in life. And I think this, this ties back to the marketing thing because, so for me, I think the interesting thing about, about that is that there's always been people that I've looked up to and I'm like, I want to be like that person, or mm -hmm. I think that guy's, uh, or that, that, that person has this, interesting way to look at life mm -hmm. and and it's never necessarily one particular thing they do or w their job or whatever there it, it usually it's not that it's usually yeah. that that does not define them so i think 
that's allowed me to say, all right, it's not about what you do as as work. It's it's more about how you kind of carry yourself through life. Mm -hmm. And I think this might be kind of the Oscar Mayer thing when it's not necessarily how you go about marketing, but what you are as a brand and what you're trying to communicate to people, right? Yeah. So how was that for you um, kind of having most of your experience with this type of old school kind of marketing and then having to come into some companies and, and, and advise on some of the newer things? I'm sure you learned a lot about that in the MBA, but there was some good stuff that you could have brought in from the old school type yeah, of marketing. Yeah, I remember when my boss, the first day of Hot Dog High, which is training for the Wienermobile, which you're right, is old school. It's been around since 1936. He was like, listen, we're here to do two things sell hot dogs and make magic. And like, that is so <laughs> pure marketing. It's like, I mean, yes, at the end of the day, you have to sell something, you need to promote something. There's like some unit of transaction that needs to happen, right? But the way to do it is through making ma magic, right? And making memories. And so even though it's like hot dogs and magic, and like, that's not something you use in healthcare consulting or like FinTech, that idea still applies. Like I, I still think about that as I'm talking to, as I was talking to companies on my last job. It's like, how are we doing both of these things? How are we delivering? How are we making magic for our customers? And sometimes it's like making enterprise software like a little bit more of a joyful experience, which is a crazy sentence to begin with. But like, how can we take out the complexity and, and streamline that purchasing process or that use case? So selling hot dogs, making magic, it's applicable across industries yeah because i don't think you could actually come in here and try to do the the divi truck because <laughs> yeah. that would go very much against what divi is but but it certainly does feel and, and i certainly wanted to get into this because it certainly does feel that, that since you've been with the company a lot of changes have happened and i guess it starts from the fact that divi wanted to get somebody else in the door and and then do start doing things different um i think the very first thing that changed um uh as i recall and this was right after we met was kind of the pricing structure which is mm -hmm. something that's how we met through a, a focus group that was trying to get at what were the important things for the users right yeah so i think uh there's there's been like non-stop kind of yeah, things been fun. changing since you got into divi it's been super fun so uh, consulting is all upstream strat, or at least in my experience, not all consulting is like this. It was like upstream strategy, big, sexy ideas. And I just like really crave the opportunity to implement something. And so kind of bringing it to Divi, I was thinking about the best part of my day toward the end of my tenure at my last company. I was like, man, it's my bike ride to and from work every day. I should work in bikes. And so I just started cold LinkedIn calling and I'll get into the changes about Divi, but how I got there, I just started cold LinkedIn outreaching to anybody who would respond to me who worked in bike share and Elliot, who was the previous GM of Divi, um, he responded to me and I was like, let's grab coffee or Divi along the lake. Like would love to just chat with you. Um, and he took me up on that. And so we turned that into a conversation about what are, what are your research needs? Like, what do you, what do you not know? Like where, where are their opportunities? And I ended up saying, let me come freelance. Let me bring marketing research and writer insights to the organization. You know, you guys have been doing a great job growing and scaling. You've gone from zero stations, right? Just an idea, um, in 2013 launching in, you know, 2013 and bringing it to life to now almost 600 stations. Like, how, what do we need to think about next? Like, what's the next frontier, right? Um, so since I've joined, yeah, it's been super fun. Um, launching pricing, awesome. Uh, thanks to the focus groups, we did a ton of research to inform that. And I can talk about what those changes were, but talk to members, 
talk to casual writers who, you know, might just pick up a divvy along the lake, like did intercept studies where we said, hey, let me just talk to you. What are you thinking about? How are you thinking about this? What do you wish it would be? Um, I did ride alongs, just like cruising along with people on their divvy rides. Like, how are you? How are you choosing that station? Like, what are you thinking about there? What is this experience like? Like, what's annoying you right now? To like, get at these things, like, we don't know where stations are. I'm not from here. I'm from Memphis. Like, I don't know how bike share works. I want to ride longer, right? I don't know where stations are. I can't find one in 30 minutes. Um, all of these insights, right, were coming to life. Um, and that led to the first idea of passing pricing, which was great. It introduced a single ride for three bucks, um, just like you buy a single ride on the train. It's you know, single ride, 30 minutes, three bucks, or, you know, six bucks an hour. We introduced kind of an overhaul day pass. So it's an explorer pass. It allows you to ride longer. So for all those families that just want to like cruise along the lakefront, now they can take up to three hour trips um, and they can do as many of those as they want over 24 hours. And then members were like, we're members, like give us more. Right. You were one of them, right? And so we increased the member time limit to 45 minutes. So that was like the most fun thing to roll out and like actually bring to market. Yeah, I think that 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 was funny because um, I think when you go into a focus group like that, you're like, I have all these complaints and then, but not a lot of solutions, right? Yeah. And then yeah. I think when you guys put it all together, it was like, oh, here we go. Nice. That's, that, that makes sense too. Good, that's everybody. exactly what we wanted. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the interesting thing for me, uh, stepping a little bit back, is that um, I think a lot of us, well, I'm not going to say a lot of us, but at least for me, um, with undertaking kind of these kind of new things, at, at least when I was uh, finishing my MBA and mm-hmm. I was kind of looking out there for a job, um, there's a lot of like self-doubt when you don't know mm-hmm. if you could actually kind of come in and and change a company even with Mm -hmm. the skills that you have um i think somebody that that that, uh, my my wife who's a psychologist has has told me in the past uh something that stays with me that it always looks easier it it, it always from your perspective it looks like people people have it all figured out Mm -hmm. um it looks like it's easy for people Mm -hmm. but i'm sure that it, it was as hard as it is the process of like kind of figuring out how you could bring value to some company or how to like even just come in as an outside consultant i think you did something that was pretty um, I, I think took a lot, a lot of guts, right? Which yeah. is come in and say, hey, I can fix a lot of stuff. I can really uh, revamp a lot of things for you guys. Was this something that you kind of already in your hand had some solutions? Because I know you didn't come from back biking. So it, it, to, to some degree, I kind of feel that that you were you were wanting to be that person that could find these solutions, but you didn't really have them. Yeah. Um, well, there was like scary parts along the whole thing. The, the point about like people just show their highlight reel, right? And not the real raw footage is so true. Um, the real story was I quit my job without a full-time offer lined up. So my last consulting company, I accepted a freelance work with Divi, but it was temporary. I had no idea. And I was like, I'm just going to go for this. Um, I had an amazing boyfriend at the time who's now a fiance who was like, I'm going to support you in this decision and we'll figure it out. Um, I turned down an amazing job offer with another company to take a, a significant pay cut, but to work at Divi because I was like, this is a cool company and I see a future for it. Right. So there were decisions along the way of like, is Divi the right choice? And time and time again, it was like, it's an amazing company, mission driven, something I believe in. And like, there are a lot of reasons to go to work besides a paycheck. One of them is my walk to work is five minutes. That's great. Um, It's so short, I can barely even bike to work. Um, But the other is like, I get to be this change agent and come in and change things. Um, In terms of actually making it happen, I brought the strategy and could 
compile all those insights I'd heard from focus groups and ride alongs and the like. But like, I never implemented anything, right? Like I had uh, made hot dog jokes and then I created growth strategy platforms, but I hadn't like made change in an organization like that before. So that was tough too. You don't want to insult somebody's baby, right? Like you have a new baby, like you're coming into a company that's four years old and that's both new, but also old, right? Like there are ways of doing things, but it's still very new. So not everything you're doing is perfect, right? So it was coming in and figuring out what needs to be done? How do you do it effectively? How do you do it in a way that engages a team instead of alienates them? So it was a big learning curve coming into Divi. The things I never even thought about was like, oh, our user agreement needs to be translated to French. How do I do that? Or like, oh, how are we thinking about taxes? Um, so there were just so many micro learning things that like definitely screwed some things up along the way. But then, you know, it turns out fine. So that's the story you tell. But there were a lot of decisions and steps along the way that got to you know what is a product and pricing stuff i'm really proud of yeah no i think it's it's worked out great um from where i'm sitting um but i think and I that's think, all that matters no and great <laughs> I, I think uh, and that was what i was gonna get to that i'm sort of this kind of easy to please um person because uh, being not from Chicago or being not mm-hmm. from the U.S., um, coming from Mexico, um, just not getting killed in the road is is like a major thing. Um, uh, I think a lot of what happens over there is that people think that a bike lane or maybe bike share programs are going to fix kind of the culture, but mm-hmm. it's not that. It's more about just respecting a cyclist that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. So when I came to the city and realized that kind of, car stop for pedestrians way before the line um and that overall i think you're respected more as a cyclist that was a huge one for me and then furthermore realizing that i don't have to be taking my bike anywhere with me and worrying about where i leave it and that there's this huge bike share program in addition to all the infrastructure that's already there for for public transportation Mm -hmm. in the city um, it was like a really big perk of yeah. being here. I think me, um, since I always carry my my uh, my key with me, it's sometimes when I when I'm at lunch from work, I'm like, oh, I could. There's a station between here and the and the and the place I want to go eat at, and and it's just probably going to save me five minutes because it's a ten minute walk. Mm-hmm. But I I like biking, so it, it, it's that. It seems like a luxury, but I think once you get into the think the more deep the, the, the deeper into it um once i started to under talk to the community here and the cycling community and and i realized that there's this all these kind of nuances about it um and and how people view it certainly mm-hmm. there's the hardcore cyclists that are like oh dv people suck like yeah, they're yep. just in the way and 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 that certainly was uh it t- took me by surprise because i'm i don't think i fit into what a typical Divi writer is, and I've mm-hmm. certainly done quite a, a few things in, in, in cycling. Um, so um, I, I was surprised that there's all these stereotypes, and then there was all these things about pricing. Um, and I think that the, the one thing that surprised me the most, which I wanted to get at, is that this this neighborhood in Chicago, right, Oak Park, yeah. kind of was at odds with Divi. And mm-hmm. it seems like from where I'm standing, which is, I, I don't know a lot about it, um, it seems like to them as a city, they were bringing, they, they were in some sort of way uh, contributing to the costs of these uh, DV programs. And, and they were not 
in, from the from their view they were not getting the rewards that they were expecting mm -hmm. so i think two things that i wanted to talk about here is that one i didn't know that kind of divi and the city kind of work together mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. a piece of it yep. and then the second thing is that obviously there's a lot of individuals out there who don't see the greater good that yeah. comes from a DV program other than just um, the immediate benefits that you get from saving on gas or maybe traffic so yeah I mean there's both individual benefits and city and and citywide benefits right so I think to your point about uh, people don't always understand how Divi works Divi's owned by the city of Chicago okay. so Chicago owns all of the blue bikes and all of the stations and Divi actually makes money for the city um, not necessarily recouping all of that back from rider revenues like your annual membership and and um like you know single ride fares um that's a significant portion of revenue but then in addition to the title sponsorship with blue cross blue shield right. okay. so all of that you know nets the city multi-million um or mul multiple millions of dollars a year which then goes back into brand or um, bike ambassadors and other bike safety um events and programming. So that's one of the great things about Divi is not only is it a great community resource, but it also supports other community resources. Another one being Divi for Everyone, which is our $5 um, annual membership that's for income qualified people. So if you're below wow. a certain amount, and you can look that up on Divi for Everyone, oh, wow. just Google it on Divi, um, you can get a $5 annual membership, which is great. And that contributes to um, bike share is part of transportation, right? It's part of the transportation network. So there will be stations that get a a ton of use and some that get none. So kind of how this relates to Oak Park, um, Oak Park, you know, chose to withdraw from the Divi system. They were contributing a little bit more as a uh, city subsidy. Um, and that's based on like economic arrangements that I won't bore you with, but uh, based on when they joined the system, they didn't participate in Blue Cross Blue Shield sponsorship money. Um, so they were contributing. They chose to withdraw. We're definitely disappointed about that. I think the sense in the community was like, we don't really even have the infrastructure yet. Um, and what they want to use, you know, those Divi funds for now is developing better bike infrastructure. So bike share is part of it. You're right. Um, bike infrastructure is part of it. A culture of biking, awareness, tolerance, acceptance, and enthusiasm. That's all part of it as well. So we're definitely bummed to see Oak Park, you know, choose to withdraw. Um, they were seeing growth, just not as quick of a, you know, pace of growth as, as they, the new board ultimately accept, wanted. So then, um, this I didn't know. Um, so then, I mean, taking a step back, Divi though um, is is, is kind of operated by this separate company, right? Yep. That that operates several bike share programs, um, such as I think the very first one I came into contact with, which is the one in New York. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah. So they're the ones that are op operating these programs, but then at the end of the day, the city owns them? Is that how it yeah. works? Yeah, bike share is an interesting world, um, and there are different economic arrangements in many different cities. So in Chicago, Chicago owns the bikes, um, and Motivate, kind of the company that I'm employed with, um, uh, operates them. Um, in DC, it's it's similar. In New York, it's a little bit different. There's different economic arrangements. So, I mean, it's like volumes of contracts sure. um, as well. So it, it changes. There's, yeah, different, just different arrangements in every city. Yeah, I'm sure. Because once you, like you said, especially uh, cities, much, much more difficult than companies have their own way to do things. So I'm mm -hmm. sure once you get in there and you say, hey, maybe that's all you can say is we we we're interested in operating by a program within your city but then you get all these well where is that going to be made um what's this bike going to be looking looking like so mm -hmm. maybe all that's 
uh, a back and forth between the city and the and, and that management company. But then that to me tells me that there is not there there's not this typical um, pursue pursuit of kind of profits as there is in your typical like Uber program or anything like that because even though the management company is looking to profit from these services that are mm -hmm. being provided the actual program which is the bike share which is what I pay for in a membership mm -hmm. it's not necessarily looking to make a profit yeah it's looking you for can tell something you're a finance else. guy you can you can definitely tell yeah there is so there's there's um, cost sharing there's profit sharing there's all sorts of different like economic streams right. that do make it beneficial I mean at the end of the day what motivate wants and what Chicago wants are more people peddling our bikes right um, everybody wins when we increase that so um, there's definitely a joint desire for that and the best part I mean is through title sponsorship it helps you know subsidize any times where your operational expenses exceed your revenues um, so I think everybody everybody wants more people peddling you know divvies up to 37,000 members um, you know from zero five years ago we're about to hit our fifth birthday We've given more than a million people have ridden divvy bikes since it started we're about to hit 15 million rides so if there's one thing both motivate both the city of Chicago want it's more people riding the bikes and luckily that continues to be the case yeah and, and the reason I kind of brought that up more than be, kind of being the finance guy I think all of us at the back of our minds are like what are they trying to get at yeah. uh, with this kind of price I, I certainly do it when I go to expensive restaurants where uh, you see like this very nice door mm -hmm. and you're paying for it yep. there's this really nice kind of table and 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 the silverware and you're paying for it because it's going to be the same food as somewhere else but it's just going to be more expensive um so um i think you kind of start thinking about that and you're like oh they're ripping me off but it's hard to say that with a program like that and the more interesting aspect about it is that if the program itself, not the management company, is not looking at getting certain revenues, then what are some of these metrics that they're looking after? I'm sure there's an overall goal of maybe reducing traffic or, or, or something very obvious, but is there anything else uh, from I, there? There's definitely still revenue goals. There's revenue goals for okay. Divi. There's revenue goals for like the city as it pertains to sponsorship. There's number of people who are writing is always something we're looking at. Number of people who are members or just accounts. I mean, I think in this new single ride world, we're going to have less people saying, I need to ride all year, right? They're going to say, oh, I'll just string together single rides every time I need them, which is totally fine. Um, so I think we continue to look at all of those things. Every year we look at like um, how many millions of pounds of carbon offset that, you know, are offset through Divi I bikes. I love that about the, you get that information for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Which is great. Like yes. we can provide that at the individual level. And so that helps, I think, annual members love that. I mean, you can get a Divi membership for less than a monthly CTA pass. Like that is amazing, right? So I don't think anybody has to worry about Divi ripping them off. It's probably like the opposite end. Like it is such a good deal to get an annual membership. Um, you take that a couple times and I mean, it's Divi for a whole year for 99 bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that said that, that was really quick for me to realize, uh, when I just got to the city, I was like, wait, what? Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely going for this. And it's been great because I use it way more than I thought. Like recently with that gold thing, I thought oh, this yeah, winter, yeah. I was like, I thought I didn't use it that much. But then I was like, no, wait, because at least once... 
getting to work and then back to work, I'm using it. So I'm, I should be there. Right. And, okay, and, so I, and this is a good, this is a good story. And it actually came out of your focus group. So the gold thing you're talking about is Divi gold, which is if you took 10 or more trips during this month long challenge we were doing it coincided with the Olympics. Although I have to say it had nothing to do with the Olympics for trademark reasons. Um, so if you wrote 10 or more times in this month long window in the middle of winter, we'd give you Divi gold. Now, we DV has done that in the past, but it's never been a big blown out thing. And actually, one of the girls in your focus group mentioned how proud she was like, oh I got Divi gold. And I was like, that's awesome. We need to do more of that. Like, does the number one rider of Divi know they're the number one rider of Divi, right? Do our top riders know right. that? Like, let's celebrate that, right? Like, let's make them feel proud of how much they ride. So this winter and, you know, to keep it brief, like we did this whole Divi gold campaign if you took 10 or more rides, you got invited to this party, which like ended up being awesome. It was at Emporium, you know, we gave everybody food and um, sweet Divi Gold stuff. Um, and it was a great time. Like people loved it. So we're, we think we'll definitely do that again. And the other thing people love is like, yeah, trips, trips taken is cool. But like one other stat we've heard people rallying around is how many stations they visited to. So just like I said at the beginning, like I couldn't live my life on the red line. It's like A to B, right? With Divi, you can go A, B, Z, D, you know, F, H, you know, K. Uh, so maybe doing something around stations and number of neighborhoods you visited and something like that. We think that might be cool. Yeah, no, for sure. I th thinking about it when, when I just got here, because I've, I've also been here for two years and my wife and I have biked to a lot of places and I and like I said in the focus group I'm forever grateful with Divi because I mean I met my wife when I was 15 and it's been a long ride um, certainly on and off but we've had huge fights whenever I try to get her into biking mm -hmm. and granted being a mountain biker trying to get her on some of these trails wasn't the best way to it's go about easy. it it's not easy that's not an easy ask but that divi bike uh really helped her with her confidence and and obviously we started off with the simple kind of routes yeah and she loves kind of venturing out to new places i don't that much i'm like i, I find my place yeah. but then that's a good compromise because now we're biking i like biking and then we get to new spots so yeah that's, that's awesome. definitely incentivizing some of these people that like to kind of explore the city that way which is i think it's a great way to do so and i think the the i think going back to something you mentioned earlier um that really caught my eye is that you when you mentioned that you did the the oscar meyer thing which was kind of right driving around mm -hmm. that's not just staying stationary in mm -hmm. one place or the other right yeah, it's going like road tripping. Yeah, twenty two states in a year. So, so how is now that. for you being kind of stuck or not stuck, but within the same kind of city oh, and looking at yeah. the same kind of things? Now, uh, we're I getting, mean, you, now we're getting into tough relationship <laughs> talk. I feel like my fiance and I have this talk. Like, are we gonna stay? Are we gonna go? Oh God! <laughs> okay, wow. I mean, I've moved every two years of my life, um, basically, and so now I'm hitting year three in Chicago. Um, but Chicago has so much to offer. I mean, I feel like I've lived in three neighborhoods since I've been here. And it's just like each time you move, it almost feels like you move to a different city. For better or worse, like we all know Chicago has a lot of um, – to have so many neighborhood differences is not always a good thing, right? Um, but in one way, it does make you feel like you're living in a new place all the time. So I have to say this because my fiancé may listen to this. I'm totally happy here, babe. We don't need to <laughs> <laughs> No, and speaking of which, I think you guys, that, that was, because um, uh, I think one, one thing that, that's been really cool about this whole experience, and I think also about me using cycling 
to get to know a city and some of the people within it is that after we we did that focus mm-hmm. group we became friends and i started following you on social media and yeah. i realized obviously well you realized that i had a, a baby and now she's five months old I, we love her my wife and i and you recently got engaged and you did this kind of whole trip around it oscar meyer style yeah, maybe totally. maybe that's no, kind of totally. <laughs> so that, that's kind of helping you in yeah. that way to last a few more years so how was yeah. that i i think uh from what I saw, um, it seems like you guys went to Utah and then kind of ventured out there with a van, kind of doing the van life. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I didn't totally. even know you could do that. No, we, I don't. We were like trying to think of how we got to it. So we knew we wanted to go to the Southwest. We wanted to go somewhere warm. We landed in Vegas. We picked up a camper van. I have to do a shameless plug because this van company was so amazing. EscapeCamperVans.com. Amazing people. Karen, hello. Um, so we picked it up in Vegas and then we went to. Um, and just, I didn't even know you could do that that you could rent a, it was a van dirt cheap 470 bucks for the whole week i mean but that's the idea right you didn't just rent the van it was a van kind of to go out there and it was trip. a van it had a seats in the back they turned into a table and then turned into a bed a queen size bed <laughs> which is like a good way to get engaged it's like let's get engaged oh, sure. then only live out of a van for seven days and not talk to anybody else are we still in love okay let's get married <laughs> that's pretty um, cool. yeah so we did that and that was a great time so we did red rocks we did death valley which was super cool. We didn't even know. Like, we didn't even look it up. We didn't even know what to expect. Um, and then Joshua Tree and then the Hoover Dam, all in a giant camper van with graffiti on the side. And it was awesome. Yeah, and I saw that. we're still that. engaged, so. That was pretty cool. Well. Yeah, it was a, a, a black van, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with like, it was called Foxy because it had a fox painted on it. <laughs> and it was like these L.A. graffiti artists that do the entire fleet. Oh, so all vans are different Yeah, color, they're all different, different, different names, different colors. Yeah, they're super fun. Yeah, the, the, the people in marketing for Oscar Mayer would be like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, they'd be you like, we're gotta, too polished for that. <laughs> yeah, you got to put a big sign that says like vans for rent on yeah, the top. No, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, and and you met your, your, your now fiancé where? Was it Online? Here? Ordered but, but, him off the internet. <laughs> oh, that's not your question. Yeah, I met him in Chicago. I met yeah, because I think you yeah. mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah so a yeah. lot of things have happened since you got yeah. to Chicago. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, um, it's been a pretty great ride. And so, yeah, I mean, luckily, like, Nick is into cycling, right? Or my fiance. He's done rag bry and stuff like that. So having that shared, like, even when he told me he had done rag bry, like, now I know he doesn't, like, bike that much. Like, he hates biking in the city probably as much as your wife does. Um, I, like, have to, like, pull his teeth to come ride in the city because he's not used to it. He, you know, works in the suburb. But even just knowing, okay, he's done one biking thing, I'm like, cool, dude. Would see a, would have a second date with. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that sounds pretty cool. And I think... To me, the overall thing that, 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 that's been interesting about meeting you is I think you've managed to, first and foremost, adapt a lot. I think, uh, as we hear from cycling, mm-hmm. all these things have come your way, which I think are great. But I think uh, overall, it's something that a lot of us have a hard time with. I also work as a consultant, and I also find it that a lot of times it's pretty boring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you've managed to... One, find a way to, to kind of make it more of your own thing. And then two, you found kind of a, a way to inch yourself up to the opportunities that you've, been, you've wanted to get at, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's, that's also one thing I wanted to get to because I think um, we, going back to how you think being a consultant is, there's one thing that we generally kind of stereotype of what 
a consultant is and it's this very squared person that yeah. kind of thinks in numbers and provides some solutions that may and most likely will not have practical yeah. applications, <laughs> right? So yep. it's just a recommendation and the consultant gets yeah. out and then you're left you with this thing that you, yeah, you have no way to know how to apply. But I think you went way further than that because I think a lot of these changes that have come with DV, you're very involved with. Um, I, I'd like to say that since I met you and since like uh, I've been so since since I've gotten to know a little bit more about Divi, mm -hmm. I've I've just seen more Divi awesome. everywhere, and and one could argue that it's it's first and foremost because I became friends with you, so mm -hmm. then that kind of gets more into. I mean, they're sure there's all these algorithms out there in the social media world that are yeah. getting that to me, but I think that has another side, which means that you've been so involved with it that you kind of embody this kind of Divi. New, new DV culture that you want to put out there. And in general, to me now, when I think of DV, I think a lot about you, which is kind of a new face yeah. and certainly things changing. So I don't know if all of this was intended, but I'm sure there's a lot right there to unpack in terms of how to be a good consultant and how to actually take your job and, 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 and make it so that it becomes what you love. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, well, I'm so flattered. So thank you. That's awesome. Um, I'll chalk half of it up to like just social media and now being in the same circles. <laughs> You're not the only person to say that. Um, yeah, in terms of like how driving impact so quickly, because I, I do think Divi has done some like really amazing things in the past year and some of it's marketing, but a lot of it's like our amazing ops operations team that's done things too. I think a couple things have made like have supported me being high impact first was like the ability to um know how to create strategy and then deliver it but like rally a team and enthusiasm around it so like my energy for it like telling the story and saying like why it was helpful i played um for my entire team sound bites from our focus group like sound bites from people on the lakefront they i work with a bunch of bike nerds right they had never heard someone say I think I can go a mile in 30 minutes of biking, right? I played to them a clip of a girl who was visiting who um, thought she could go a mile. And she also thought she had the bike for like the whole day. And when you bring those raw insights in a way that's like actually going to compel the team, like I could tell them that, but like, who am I to say that? To bring the voices of the consumers actually saying what's wrong with your service to life. Like then it didn't have to be my voice, right? I, it was It was your voice. Right. Right, um, talking about you know not having bikes available and like okay, what do we do to solve that? Like, how can we implement all-day valets so that we always have bike and dock availability? So I think that helped. I think the other thing that helped is Divi's a small organization, so that's like a little bit of a cop out. But we're still young, we're still nimble. We're it's not a big hierarchy, so you can just kind of come in there and storm and like push ideas to the top with enough enthusiasm. But at a broader level, like th things anybody can apply. I looked at my life and said, what do I love? What do I want to do? And it was biking. I was like, that's the best part of my day. And it was cold LinkedIn outreaching. Anybody can do that. Anyone can say like, what do I like doing? How do I want to apply it? Who do I know? And I didn't know anybody in biking. So I just started looking at fellow alumni. I started looking at people in Chicago. Um, anybody can do that, whether you're in biking or you know your passion is like pottery, right? It could be anything. Um, so I think, you know, leveraging my passion, thinking about it, and then just like, el you know, elbow grease or, you know, just grit helped push some of that stuff through. Just keep at it. 
Yeah, and I'm sure the fact that it's a small organization speaks to two things. One, obviously, there had to be a lot of willingness from their part to make those changes, but also that there's very few people kind of driving those changes. I'm, I'm sure there's not like a huge team behind you kind of helping you implement all this. Am I wrong? No, you're completely right. When I joined, um, when I joined, I was director of marketing. I had one member care associate who, um, uh, you know, does most like key fulfillments and that sort of thing. Now I have a team of, um, five, which is great. Um, we're building that capacity out and it's really been establishing the role of marketing at Divi, right? Like we've been operational centric, like we're creating a 6,000 bike bike share network and a lot of operational challenges have been a part of that. I'm coming in there and saying for the next wave of growth, we're going to need to be more customer centric and we'll need to do more marketing. And so I think that story is pretty um, understandable from the team. And so they've some quick wins like pricing, like this Divi Gold thing. They were just new and sexy and it's, it's empowered me to um, help drive that capacity forward in the organization. Yeah, and like I- everybody's excited about it. That's the best part. No, I bet. And I think, um, well, one thing that, that, that would come to mind to me at the beginning is that certainly coming in, there were certainly plenty of things that needed some change and mm-hmm. the, the change was overdue. I think there's going to be another challenge going forward that now that those changes have been made, kind of where do you go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's plenty of challenges ahead. But um, I think your approach seems to be We'll listen to the customer first, and there's going to be a lot of kind of information coming from that end mm-hmm. um, that will inform kind of how you go about things. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing new things about this new pricing change, or now that because that that that's something I found that once you please uh, people in one regard, yeah. that it's something yep. else comes to the table like yep. that wasn't there, yep. wasn't an issue before. Okay, so one of the best days of my professional career was launching this pricing, and when you give members 15 more minutes, which is essentially. 50% more time for free. Like the amount of love that poured into our inbox was extraordinary. Um, launching this single ride, which admittedly was overdue, right? Um, the, the, we didn't know when we launched Bike Share that how to think about pricing and now the world's evolved and it's very clear that like a single ride is the, something you have to offer. Um, so I think there was just a, an over overjoyous response to that. I think the next things we're going to be thinking about and solving is like, as you have more people, how do you make bikes more available? Expectations are increasing, right? So with Uber and Lyft, it's not just enough to have a a taxi nearby. It's like, it needs to be on my block. So we're thinking a lot about like what on my block means for bike share, right? I think there's um, citywide adoption that we're thinking about. So part of my team is our outreach team, which is thinking about expansion zones. And most recently we expanded on the south and west side. And how do we um, increase ridership there in neighborhoods where they may not feel like divvies for them? So we're doing a ton of work reaching out to people on the south and west sides, doing exactly what you're talking about, listening, 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 making sure that we hear their concerns. Um, how, like, what do they need, right? Like, we just introduced Spanish languages on our kiosk stickers. That wasn't previously around, right? So we have a huge proportion of the city that speaks that language, literally speaks that language. How are we serving them? Um, how are we meeting them with the right products and services? Divi for Everyone's another example of that. So whether it's like technology innovations, like how we be more mobile first, more accessible, more convenient, how we have new products and services, um, which motivate as a corporation does a lot of thinking about to like how we show up in our communities. We're thinking about all that stuff and it all starts with listening, which is really fun. Cause I think that's like, um, 
Divi's doing a lot more of that now. Yeah, no, and that's some of the things that I've heard were some were going to be some of the big challenges because there's a disproportionate amount, from what I've heard, of Divi um, uh, stations in the north. For, than from the than in the south, correct. Mm-hmm. So it, it's good to hear that, that there's some things because one, there's certainly an opportunity there, and two, um, I think there shouldn't necessarily be that kind of difference, right? So it, it makes sense to kind of go and address that. Have in in these kind of in these times that you've been reaching out, and and certainly since when you arrived and reached out to us, have, have there been surprising things to you that you were like? That's something because I think most of what we've talked about was kind of obvious and most people had it in their back of their mind, like the pricing structure and single rides and this and that. Was there something else that you've been hearing about DV that's been pretty surprising to you, whether that be in some of these new kind of uh, efforts to reach out to people or before? Yeah, I'll give you two examples. I'll give you like a serious example of something that we're taking pretty seriously and thinking about how to improve and 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 then I'll give you like kind of the funny one that's become the running joke, but something we also take seriously. I think um how divvy is perceived in neighborhoods that don't have high adoption. So in Lincoln Park, people are divvying all the time. They love divvy, right? Like divvy's all over. But in in South and West Side communities, there's a sense that divvy just drop down, right? Um, that it might feel like gentrification. And I came from Lincoln Park, so I never thought about that. So my team that lives and breathes this has like done a great job of, of bringing that insight back to the organization and how we think about things. It's everything from the types of ads that are on our stations. Like, is a land's end ad something that should be showing up in Englewood, for example? I'm not saying it's not, but like, how do we think about every part of that experience, whether it's the Spanish language stickers or the types of um, kind of messaging and activation we do around that. So that we're taking pretty seriously. We have a team of two full-time employees completely dedicated to outreach, um, talking to community groups, um, bringing that insight back to Divi, talking to aldermen or city officials, really the gamut of people, how they can help bring Divi to life. And then outreach leaders, we were just about to hire five outreach leaders to help embody that and bring that to life in the summer as well. So that's something pretty serious uh, that we're really investing behind, both emotionally, financially, you know, with people, all sorts of things in that effort. The funny surprise, um, sticky grips. Sometimes I felt like Divi's <laughs> handlebars were sticky. A lot of people feel like Divi's handlebars are sticky. Um, I brought that back to the organization. Total running joke, like, oh, sticky grips. Um, I took back an image of someone using gym wipes on our grips. That is enough to instill change. (laughs) So we are changing out all of our grips. It's not going to happen overnight, but we are starting to phase in new um, grips that are a little bit less sticky. So, yeah, that was something kind of funny. Um, Men's Health did a a thing about, you know, bike share grips. And I was like, we're on it. We're working on it. We're we're ahead of the game. So that was something I was surprising, but we're tackling it. That's definitely a thing. And I think one of the things that came up in the focus group is what was some of us more seasoned uh, users of Divi. How do we tell which are the bikes that are likely mm-hmm. going to be in good shape? And yeah, the, the, that's certainly a thing or was. I'm not I haven't had many much of that. And I think mainly because I wear gloves now uh, in the wintertime to Divi. But but uh, but it's it's nice to know that these things yeah, are come being summer, addressed. Let me know if you have sticky grips. Hopefully you won't. We're working on it. So. The, the interesting thing is I won't be here come summer. Yeah, no, I've 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 I think 
uh, all these kind of efforts on my end uh, for making a move to yeah. a are more friendlier environment for me. No, are <laughs> yeah, you moving? Yeah, West Coast. What? <laughs> oh, wow. Where are you guys moving? Uh, San Diego, yeah. What? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. it's been... Uh, it's 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 tough because from one end you're like oh wow west coast finally happening for me uh but on the other hand you're like oh i i really had become uh acquainted with this city more so than i thought (laughs) the midwest yeah no i think there's the the pacific coast where you got lake michigan (laughs) and the midwest yeah no um i think congratulations thank you i think the people are are uh, is a big thing here um even just reading yelp reviews and stuff over there in apartments and things you're like oh this is california people (laughs) and their complaints but uh but yeah no um i'm trying to following the footsteps of people that I admire of being like, follow what you want and try to get yeah. closer to kind of where you want to be. And I think a lot of the change that I've, that I've been seeking has been because of that, because yeah. I, I've tried to not be kind of uh, just okay with, with things. And, and I think life puts you in this situation or this other thing. And I never, I didn't know a lot about Chicago. I was basically moved here for a job. So mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I was looking and found something. So. Wow, <laughs> nice. But yeah, no, I think the, the and, and, and with, with talking about different cities and talking about um, looking, at it, looking at it from like uh, taking a step back, I think bike share in general is something really that does a lot of good to cities mm-hmm. i think uh, but the unfortunate thing is that obviously i'm very biased with this yep. yeah. so when i try to think or pinpoint some of the things that, that are really beneficial um it, it, it's hard to 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 go through them um and one thing that comes to mind is somebody that talked about um, in ethics and in philosophy, how to how to determine if something's ethical or or something uh, makes sense in the philosophical mm-hmm. uh, sort of way, and a lot of it is by saying, "What if everybody did it? What if it became policy? What yeah. if everybody rode a bike?" Right, mm-hmm. and and I think that's where Divi or in general bike shares are good because I don't think there's anything, nothing but good things. Yeah. I'm literally trying to think of, Oh, what if everyone rode bikes? Like I can't think of any negative, like we need more bike parking. Well, yeah, there'd there'd be the attitude, right? I mean, sure. Bikers have attitudes sometimes, but it's not a car that can do like enormous amounts of damage that generally you're not kind of, uh, aware of because you're in this enclosed space with like air conditioner but once you're in a bike you realize that that obviously cars are heavy and dangerous so i don't see anything anything negative but i certainly see that there are things that are not so obvious about what bike share does to neighborhoods or cities or communities can you talk a little bit about what you've seen or what do you think in that regard? I think bike share has, I mean, like I said, biking opens up cities, right? It creates super accessible transportation. Um, it serves as a last mile connector, right? So for someone who has to walk a mile to the train, whether it's the red line, the pink line, the right. you know blue line, whatever it is, um, it connects them to that. Um, not done well, not uh, communicating to uh, communities this is a new program that's coming in. This is how it's going to help you. This is how it's going to support you. Um, it can easily be done wrong in a way that like may um, 
confuse them or make them worried or concerned, right? So just like the 606 is this amazing platform, you know, in some communities if the 606 came in, it's like, oh, well, is our are we going to be displaced, right? So even though it's an amenity, it can also be a scary thing. So I think biking is incredible. It opens up the city. It's an amazing resource. Divi in particular has done a great job of, like, you know, the um, opening up the city and making it affordable through the Divi for Everyone program. I think community engagement continues to be something we focus on for sure. Um, engaging communities, um, you know, encouraging communities to ride. But I think it's just going to continue to grow. I think bike share as a global trend is skyrocketing. So like mark my words, five years, you are going to see a whole heck of a lot more bikes, scooters, other forms of mobility than you see today, which is awesome. And I, and I just, from my end, I think it's just, it just makes sense. Um, I think one time I, I, being a video editor, one Mm -hmm. of the things that was very eye opening to me uh, about wanting to edit bike films and that kind of thing was that a lot of it, a lot of the new stuff and the cutting edge stuff came from snowboarding and, 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 uh, and skiing. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. but that seems way less intuitive to me than a lot than bike. I am sure a lot more people know how to bike than they do than those who know how to ski. And yet a lot of resorts around the country have way more revenues coming in from the skiing mm-hmm. and the winter sports even when they are shorter and small, uh, the seasons is shorter than they do from uh, biking. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to grow for one. And I think generally people know what to do with it and you don't need to inform them that much. Sure, there's ways to go about a, a mm-hmm. program, but I didn't need a lot of information as to how to use the, the DV program. Once I, I was like, oh, there's a station here, there's a station there, it's this works. Yes, yeah. um, you guys have certainly made it easier with a lot of the things like the transit app and yeah. all, all that good stuff where I can yeah. see if, if there's gonna be uh, docks available where I'm going to be. But the funny thing is that when I bring certainly some of these things up to my more hardcore uh, bike friends who would never touch a DV is that, yes, there are certainly pictures going around of people misusing them. There, mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing a picture of of, of, of a DV in the lake um, uh, and another one of a DV um, mountain mounted on the, a bus rack. Hey, that's, that's, we don't have any problems with that. That is a perfect, the lake one, we, we don't love those. Um, and those are few and far and far, far between. The bus thing is first and last mile transportation. That's, I mean, you know, I'm not totally sure the use case for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, bike share is pretty intuitive, right? With 600 stations, you kind of get it. You can take it a and return it anywhere. Do people sometimes, you know, mess around with them? Sometimes, yes. But like, they're also pretty expensive. So that person who had put it in the right. lake, that's on them. Uh, but like generally, I think, I mean, like for being a public asset, like our bikes are treated super well. Um, you know, for the, we've only retired something with less than 50 bikes in the six years they've been around. Oh, that's wow. 6,000 bikes or five years we've been around. Sorry, I'm getting my numbers a little jumbled. Um, that's amazing. Those are super sustainable bikes. Like to think about how many bikes or how many trips they've given. Like we do an amazing job of upkeeping them. They get annual tunes every year. Every bike is checked once a month, every month. Like that's amazing. Your own bike's not getting that. I used to be one of those people, those bike snobs. So like first I was the triathlete, then I had the road right. bike. And I was like, divvies for nerds. Um, <laughs> I really didn't know what to make of it. A friend of mine gave me her annual fob, like her annual membership when she moved. 
And I was like, this is life-changing. Like, this is so cool. So I would tell your, like, snobby bike friends, try it out. Because there are times it's, like, pouring rain in the morning. And, like, maybe your friends are so hardcore they ride even in the rain. <laughs> um, but, like, I loved it. Like, ri- rain's in the morning, take a divvy at night. Going to the bar, divvy to the bar, and then yeah. figure out your own way home. Like, anytime you're meeting friends and don't want to worry about having a bike, right? It's so great to have. So, like, I'm... I was kind of skeptical about Divi at first, but now I'm just like, this is amazing. I use it more than like my, it's like at least one third of my biking is done on a Divi, if not more. Yeah. It's sometimes it feels like, I remember my wife and I, when uh, we both had the membership and we, the, the, the the bars that we wanted to go were a mile away. And we Mm -hmm. were like, is this a lot? Like you, there's a weird aspect of like, we're not going to spend on Uber. We want to drink. Is there something weird? And, and no, like you can make it out there and then make it back. Mm-hmm. No problems, no hassle. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you no. You don't care how short your trips are. You are embarrassed about that five minute like yeah, divvy ride where it's like from this divvy station to the very next one. That's totally okay. I used to do that um, to get to the, to the train. It's like, okay, it saves me time. Like who cares? No, we don't care how short your rides are. It's totally fine. Yeah, no, I've, it's encouraged. I, I, I Personally, I th- I think it, it it's been great, and I and I was surprised. I I think from from that question I asked, there was going to be certainly uh, maybe uh, to 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 a certain extent you having way more stories about some of the difficulties of kind of getting people to understand the program or misusing the bikes. But it seems like first and foremost, the bikes are pretty kind of indestructible. Mm -hmm. And then second, that again, it's intuitive and you, there is some sort of like uh, liability. (laughs) You mess around with it too much. No, that, that that sounds great. And I think um, in typical cyclists of Chicago tradition for our podcast, Mm -hmm. um, uh, now that we're getting closer to our, our time limit, I wanted to, kind of uh do some 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 of the typical questions that we ask the guests and one of them is um certainly now that you're more of a a cycler uh, Mm -hmm. and and in different aspects both in as i know that you haven't done it that much since but triathlete and also Mm -hmm. a commuter do you have any particular specific piece of gear that's been surprisingly great and a favorite of yours okay so i use the term selling hot dogs and making magic. Like I'm a very magic oriented person, very whimsical. So I would have to say uh, my pink handlebar tape on my bright green bike. So the bike that I rode for Ironman was bright green. I put this pink tape on it and then it got the name Watermelon Fury. And this bike is, I mean, it's like my personal brand. I When I did Ironman, these little like nine-year-old girls were like, that's such a cool bike. And it's like mile 80 and I'm drenched in sweat and like tears. And for like that one second, I felt like really cool again, you know? Um, so that bike was my first bike. That handlebar tape helped make it, make it feel my own. Um, so that's probably my favorite. And I don't even know if it counts as gear, but I just like love that tape. No, that's kind of yeah. exactly what we're looking okay, for. Good. There's all, always odd things that, that for some people um, are, 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 are particular. For me, it's, it's stuff that's reliable. I just hate stuff yeah. breaking down on me. Um, and e- even some of the best brands out there. I remember one time when I was out in Palos, like me being from Mexico, having one of my first snow mm-hmm. rides. I was at the furthest point from, from heading back to the trailhead. And it was it was the trails were covered in snow, and my a hundred dollar uh, clipless pedals broke. Yeah. Oh. One of them just the spindle broke, and I was like, 
oh wow great um this awesome pedal i'm sure that whatever yeah. come up with whatever generic brand of like a normal pedal wouldn't have broken because it's not that complex right and i just posted a picture about like how damn like this things happen yeah. and fortunately the brand one of the brand uh, representatives reached out and he was oh, like nice. oh we'll get you another one nice. okay, <laughs> which that's great. brought me back to being on that brand but but it's certainly not my favorite yeah. product i can't tell no, you it is <laughs> yes especially when it's like your livelihood right i mean that's like key yeah. oh yeah and you're gonna stop writing for a bit it, okay. it's gonna take you this backpack, this Timbuktu backpack, yeah. I bought it on Black Friday. I spilled bacon grease on it. And you can't even tell. Like, this is three <laughs> years color. old. Yeah. I mean, bacon grease. It's. I mean, this, it's, okay, water resistant is bacon grease resistant. Like, where is that in the Amazon review? Yeah, the bacon this thing, grease I do will, love this thing. Will, would date yeah. a bag. Nope. It looks pretty new yeah, to me. That's impressive. <laughs> so I add that to your list of so products to buy. To that extent, is there a favorite brand of yours? I mean, I know certainly Divi's up there. Yes, Was Divi? it before? Well, no, I thought it was for nerds. And then now I'm like, this is the transformational. Like, this is the best thing, best, $99 annual membership. You should buy one now. It's cheaper than the CTA. 99 bucks for a whole year. Um, so Divi, of course, obvious first choice. Then fun brands, brands that make cycling fun. So nutcase helmets, like those watermelon helmets. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Those are, I mean, they're just so fun and so silly and just dorky. Um, they're just very fun. And then... Um, Po Campo bags, which are like, they started out making bags for bike share actually, but they do super cute panniers and, and just bags that fit on your bike. And they just make cycling. Like it feels very Dutch. It feels very just like cool part of your life. It's not spandex, right? Like none of these are spandex brands. Um, and then I do my second bike I ever bought. Uh, it's a momentum bike. And on the, the shaft, it says um, ride happy. And I just love that. Like, it's like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. That bike's name is Cherry Bomb. And it, and it has a, a cup holder in it that I put flowers in that changes seasonally. So it's like a Christmas <laughs> tree over the holidays. But, like, I, that bike has given me so much happiness. So those are my three brands, I guess. Wow. And I think this, this kind of brings us back around to what this podcast is all about. Because you're naming brands that, to your point, um, they are kind of going to the more unique aspects mm -hmm. of the users, which is not necessarily that type of spandex yeah. person that you all you imagine. Um, I, I, I think the overall point of this podcast is that cyclists are more just general people that just happen to cycle. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and and, 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 and yes, they're going to have different. Uh, yeah. So I was surprised when I went to pick a bike, a bike helmet for my wife. I didn't want to have any input because I think a helmet is one of the most key things mm. because if you dread the helmet that you're going to have to put on, you don't want a bike. Yeah. So if, if you're kind of excited about the helmet, then like, you just want to find, yeah. It's, my bike is watermelon you, fury. I have the watermelon helmet. I've, yeah. yeah and you want to find bikes, like, actually. you want to find an excuse to go out biking. And I think the, what surprised me the most is I would thought, would have thought my wife was going to go for something like that. But me not informing her about anything, she went directly to this skate, like not skate, but like, BMX type oh, more serious cool. okay. <laughs> and I was like I'm, I wanted to tell her but I yeah, was like you like, like this and I'm like you don't <laughs> like this and she's like no I like this um, this is something I could wear and I'm like oh, yeah, let's get that for yeah. you so then my wife is this person who for her biking is just a matter of practicality mm -hmm. not a thing yeah 
who's wearing this very serious like uh, BMX type helmet. And <laughs> doesn't know any better, which is great. That's awesome. Which is, yeah, absolutely great. You don't need to. I think yeah. you don't need to be anything to bike. And yeah, I think other than that, um, the, the, the other portion of the typical questions that we do in, uh, for cyclists of Chicago, which is again, plugging it in there. Also part of the chain link, mm -hmm. which is an actual, uh, the, 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 there's a specific page there that, that features random cyclists that I meet in the street, um, and, and who happen to cycle, which is, which is awesome. Um, and we do these, these questions, um, I think most of them we've already covered, but there's a couple of ones that I think could potentially bring up interesting stories from somebody that's as involved with it mm -hmm. as you are. So one of them is, it has anything interesting uh, happened to you when riding? Is there anything that's particularly very interesting that just happened to happen while you were cycling? Can I use somebody else's story for yeah, this? Yeah, sure. Okay, um, I was talking to a, a a woman in the industry we were it was like a business meeting and she's like oh, yeah i love divi um i got a date out of divi and i was like oh tell me more and she's like yeah you know this guy and i were biking and we were both biking to the same station and then it turned into a date and i was like oh if i can facilitate more of those i'm gonna feel good about my life but like i don't know it's just something like biking is something that's still quirky enough in the u.s that like if you share it right like it brings you together um so i think it was like part like biking is a little quirky and then divvy's like a little quirky within biking um and i just thought that was like such a great story to hear that yeah, it was featured somewhere, or I think oh, yeah. I've in heard fact, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and we had another couple that actually got <laughs> engaged, um, and yeah, they were featured on WGN. Uh, he proposed while on a Divi ride. It's a totally different couple, actually. Completely wow. different couple. Um, yeah, he was like, yeah, we divvied all the time. We met on Bumble. Um, Divi was just part of all the dates that we did. He's like, yeah, you know, she would want to go on a bike ride, so I'd show up all sweaty already, and then we'd have to go on another bike ride. Um, and then he proposed on a Divi ride. So does that get them, like, a free membership? I think it should. Yeah, it did, it did. <laughs> I give them both free membership. That's I was like, Wait, pretty awesome. You're not yeah. members. I was like, oh, well, I could make more money from you if you just keep doing this. Oh, they weren't this. members? No, they weren't members. They oh just, God, wow. you know, did it casually. Um, but we gave them free memberships for their, for their wedding. So what about uh, favorite places to ride for you? Yeah. I mean, the 606 is pretty great, but I think one, this is just outside of uh, Chicago, and I equate it to the Florida Keys of the Midwest, which is the bike path that goes along Wolf Lake. So it's like if you're going to Indiana towards any of the breweries, I'm like, you can't take a Divi. So if you're thinking about taking a Divi, don't do it. Right. It's too far. Um, but it's this bike path that's like elevated and through this lake, and it's super cool and weird there's like the highway right next to it but it feels like the florida keys you've got water on both sides and on a gorgeous day it's just like super cool and it's it's surreal to think that's just south of chicago oh i didn't know yeah. this wolf like it's just I, I mean it's a bike path it, you can bike to indiana on bike paths basically so it's yeah I've, I've been very close when i was trying to get to the big marsh um and i realized oh wow i'm just a few blocks um south uh, uh, north from Indiana. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that, that sounds yeah. It sounds good across uh, state lines yeah. on your bike. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the last one I think is more, a more interesting one, especially because I don't think you can bring Divi into this one because um, it, it, it's already there. Um, so what do you think, if anything, can improve uh, bike infrastructure in Chicago? I mean, I, I think redesign. Divi is already Curb there. redesign 
curb redesign. What is the most, okay, there's two annoying things. Lyfts, Ubers, parking in the bike lane because they have someone to pick up, right? Um, right. My boyfriend does this. He's like, oh, I just have to like wait for somebody and he's parking in the bike lane. I'm just, oh no, get out of the bike lane. But where are they gonna go? He's like, what am right. I gonna go three blocks like i'm i'm realistic too right i've been in a lift where they drop me off in a bike lane um so what, do, what does that actually look like it means get rid of parking spots turn them into loading zones turn them into curbside loading zones so that lifts and ubers do not have to sit in the bike lane which because we've done a great job with bike path or like street like lanes for the most part get bikes or get cars out of bike lanes create curb loading zones so you don't think kind of Drivers are going to get there in terms of it's realizing okay, that. So you can think about Apple. Apple could create an, a massive um, uh, user manual and be like, well, that's how you use our machines. Right. Figure it out. Or they design a product so perfect that just your normal human behavior, your intuition just works, right? Do I think we should try to educate all these drivers to like change their behaviors? I mean, I think greater driver education is part of it, but like, let's make it easy on them. Let's make it easy on us. Let's give up parking spots that serve two people over the course of a day, get rid of them to serve 50 people, plus all the people that don't have to worry about cars in their bike lanes. Mic drop. No, yeah, that 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 sounds pretty interesting. I think I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Um, it's a part of everyday riding mm -hmm. to go around somebody that's in the, yep. in the bike lane. Yep, yep. <laughs> And they absolutely don't realize. And even I've heard stories of people kind of uh, just telling them and people getting angry about it. It's like, well, yeah, it's not intuitive. I yeah. think making it more intuitive is definitely the way to go. And yeah, is there anything you want to bring up that I, you, you might have not thought we brought during this I don't know. I mean, this was super fun. I, and I think this is what cycling is about, right? Like you just meet so many great people, like your lives intersect in ways you don't expect. So from a personal level, like this is what biking is. This is why I love it. This is why I'm fortunate to have found it. Thank you, Jordan, who introduced me to it. I tell, I tell you, I thank that guy all the time. Um, so I don't know. This has just been super fun. When it comes to Divi, we've got new pricing, more cool stuff will be coming if I have anything to say about it. So stay tuned. Uh, by the time this is posted, we'll probably have cool new news too. Um, and I just like bike share will continue to grow and, and we'll see more and more bikes. And I'm super excited about that. And I think we can all celebrate that, whether it's cool, hardcore cyclists or like just people on their bike for the first time. So like be welcoming to all those people. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are going to have to get ready for that competition coming in <laughs> at yeah, some point. Yeah, that's another, that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think uh, as personally, I also uh, am a great advocate of Divi. I think it's it's a great um, avenue to, to bike everywhere and mm -hmm. not worry about using your own personal bike. And yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time yeah, to, thank you. I'm to talk with the Cyclist out. Chicago. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, we'll see if I can implement this uh in san diego yeah, and no, see what the cycling is over there in san diego so you can you can pick it up there and yeah good luck with the podcast there awesome i mean this is transferable anywhere so <laughs> right yeah. no we've we've learned today that you can pretty much yeah. sell uh a transferable skill uh, yeah. to any degree no that was awesome i really appreciate the time kelly cool. and thanks a lot let's wrap it up right now cool. awesome